0: All right, all right. Welcome back to the Davis Fitness Method Podcast. You know, it is Stephen Davis. And uh, today we're going to talk pecs. I know that uh, for a lot of people, this is a highly coveted muscle group and uh, it feels fairly straightforward when it comes to its training. So I really want to dive in so that we can maximize uh, the training. We have got a little bit of feedback, so I'm gonna go a little less into detail on like the origin and insertion and stuff. We'll talk a little bit about it, but mainly just get into some of the practical takeaways and what the pec does and how to best maximize it and avoid its traps. It's not like the pec is setting intentional traps, but any, so essentially it attaches to your clavicle, the medial two thirds of the clavicle, Uh, which is just your collarbone. And then it runs down your sternum, which is that bone right in the center of your chest. And then it attaches to the costochondral cartilage of the ribs like two through six. And then it basically goes out into your arm, basically where it meets the bicep, um, which is called the lateral lip of the bicipital groove. So the main thing to know here is that it essentially means that based on where it attaches, that the pec is going to um, create flexion. It's gonna help to move that arm up, in, and like rotate the arm inward into internal rotation. Um, So basically it helps to bring your arm closer to the center of your body. Um, That's a little bit oversimplified, but for the purposes of today's conversation, which is going to be maximizing pec training, that's what we're going to focus on. So when it comes to some best practices, it's like, all right, we want to train it heavy. We want to train it light. We want to train it in various positions. Now, if I just ended there, we wouldn't really have much to say. But the thing is, is that when we're saying we want to train it in various positions, based on its attachments, we know that there's probably something that looks like a bit more of a upper chest. We have something that looks more like a mid chest and something that might present itself as a lower chest and so when we want to think about how we go about approaching those it's like we want to pick exercises that are going to help us maximize all three of those portions of what is the one uniform chest so when when I say train it heavy we've talked about like length tension relationships so like what would be the strength curve of, of a muscle which is essentially our your muscle's ability to produce force across its anatomical lengths. So if I'm in a, a shortened end range position with my pec, which would be the most squeezed position. So when we say shortened end range, just think squeezed. Um, that's going to be a weaker position for the chest, likely the weakest. Then we move into the mid range where the pec will be the strongest, and then we move out even further into the lengthened end range. This would be what would be normally called the stretched position. That's going to be our lengthened end range. Okay. So when we say train it heavy, oftentimes we're going to be referring to that mid range position. Um, we're probably going to pick, you know, stuff like regular bench presses, dumbbell bench presses, push ups. Um, dips lots of these exercises are going to fall into mid range depending on how we perform them how we execute them and the position that we're in when we do these exercises but there are some actual considerations to make in terms of shape of the rib cage shape of our sternal angle and we'll go into that but um so when we say train it light i'm mainly referring to if we have ones that are when i say train it light it's gonna mean that we wanna work it in a higher repetition range as well as lower repetition ranges, but this also is gonna be in consideration with your goals. So if we're just really looking to maximize the pec to improve um, our ability to move our arm across our body while also being able to maximize stuff like our external obliques and our serratus to help improve um, the function of our shoulder, um, we might look to to train it with one arm at a time. We might look to um, use more dumbbells instead of um, barbells. Um, we might use more cables. Um, but let's let's kind of dive into some of these. So when we're thinking about training our chest, we have to know that it is basically laying on top of our rib cage, and so if we want to get the best positions so that we can move our shoulders better get better stability and um, get better length um, on the muscle because if we wanted to grow we want to be able to load it and lengthen it so when I go for let's say my bench press or my fly or or something like that what we want to do is is first be able to take a deep breath in when our arm would be in that shortened range. So in front of us, when we're kind of like reached forward, get a big breath in. And then that is going to allow the backside of our rib cage to really open up. Okay. And why that's important is it, it gives the rhomboids, um, in the mid traps, a better position to be strong so that they can pull back and actually contract well um instead of just being jammed short we're actually able to pull them into that position but also because that breath allows the rib cage to meet the scapula better so we can create greater stability now that wouldn't normally seem important if we're just like okay we're just we're just training our pecs, so we're just trying to move our arms in but we also have to know that that humerus which the arm attaches to the scapula And then that scapula and that humerus, uh, their relationship, which is often referred to scapulo-humeral rhythm, is going to dictate how well we're able to pass force in through to the pec. Okay, and all the other muscles surrounding it. So that's something that we're going to want to give a lot of attention to. So we're taking that breath in to help create the better shape of that rib cage. And then depending on where we're emphasizing, whether it's lengthening or shortening, we also need to put the shoulder blades into a position to accommodate for that movement. So let's say I'm going for greater length on my pec. So I've chosen a cable pec fly machine, sorry. I've chosen a pec fly machine, not a cable pec fly. So think like the ones where you load the pin into, we're we're picking that machine. And now that's going to provide for the greatest amount of length. Now, when I'm in that position, I want to make sure that I pull my shoulders back tight. Um, So we know that we're looking at flexion, adduction, and internal rotation for the pec. We're kind of thinking a bit of the opposite as we go for pulling our scaps back. So we're thinking extension, abduction, external rotation to help maximize the length through that pec as we're moving backward so um, and then if we're doing a cable fly where it's more shortened in range of the pec and we're doing that reach forward we want a little bit we don't want to keep our shoulders pinned back while we do that we want a little bit of room for those arms to reach forward but not too far that we miss the target okay so that's just like some things to pay attention to as we're going through those positions now let's say we're we're doing something like We wanted to train our quote-unquote upper chest a huge consideration to make here is what is the general presentation of our actual sternum so (laughs) i know you probably haven't paid a lot of attention to the angle of your sternum but if you were to look at certain people from the side the sternum is relatively flat and while others have a sternum where the bottom of their sternum kind of protrudes forward in front of them so their bottom of their sternum enters the room a few seconds before the rest of their sternum does so i'm exaggerating but you get the point which would mean that that sternum is kind of pointing more up naturally at the ceiling that's important to know because when we go to train our chest let's say in a flat press in a flat bench press for a normal person that would likely train most of the fibers of the chest, you know, fairly evenly, whereas a person with a higher sternal angle is going to be experiencing that as a decline. Because it's it's essentially the same thing as if I was lying flat on the bench and I were to arch my back to lift my sternum towards the ceiling. It is like that. So you need to know, given the presentation of your sternum, what is going to help you develop what. And now if you're thinking going into it, oh, well, this is flat, and I'm, I'm doing flat to develop my whole chest, but the only thing that develops is your bottom chest. For you, you might need something with a low incline, maybe it's like 15 to 20 degrees, to help you get something that would normally be flat for most people. Now, if you have what would be normally a flat sternum, we're going to now look to these as like, okay, maybe decline presents as lower chest or costal fibers of the pec and maybe flat gets more of the mid and then as we go more into inclines we're going to get more of that clavicular head. Now up to a certain point we just start to move from upper chest more into deltoid and I think people commonly set the benches too high and end up training their deltoids more but um, that's kind of jumping ahead. The other thing to consider is the actual depth of your rib cage. So somebody with a, um, let's say a generally smaller rib cage, um, let's say they're doing a a barbell flat press or dumbbells or something to that effect. The angle that your, um, forearm and your upper arm make as you're approaching, what is this 90 degree angle with the bench press As you're coming down, well, when you're at mid-range, that's 90. Where is your hands? Well, okay, so when I'm at 90, the bar would probably still be, it'd probably still have some distance to get to my chest. So likely what's going to end up being leveraged a bit more, what would then move into a stronger position, is something like my shoulders. So for somebody who um, has... Or longer arms or a um, narrower rib, rib cage less depth to them they're not going to find themselves in a really good position to build just the chest in given that exercise selection so or at least without paying attention to the depth of their rib cage while performing this exercise which is why a lot of people will end up developing their delts and triceps a whole lot more than their chest during a bench press so not to say that you shouldn't do bench press it's just when you are doing it if we're going to maximize it to the degree to which we can build the chest we're going to want to select exercises that allow us to actually put our chest into mid-ranges so that they can be strong so that we can either load it or stretch it all right so now when we think let's grab a handful of exercises for the pecs Essentially, you're going to have a few implements. We've got cables, we've got machines, we've got dumbbells and barbells. And then we're kind of thinking, all right, and your body weight. Now we're kind of thinking, how do I put this in the decline position, mid, mid-range position, and incline position? Like You can do that for all of them. Now for the flies, it's the only one where we actually aren't necessarily going to adjust the bench that we're on um, and your body weight as well, you'd, um, you'd, you would, but you wouldn't. For the flies, you're going to think, all right, well, if I want to target my lower chest, I want to be reaching from a higher position into a lower position. And then I want to reach from a middle position to a middle position. And then I want to reach from a low position to a higher position so that I can target my pec. So long as you're f- focused on all of those, um, you're not necessarily going to find a bunch of machines with those varying angles, but you might be able to adjust yourself on those machines. I would say it would probably be best to probably stick to a cable to begin to work into that upper pec for um, like cable work um, or what would normally be a machine fly. Machine fly is going to probably do a better job at developing those mid and lower fibers. Now, for like a body weight, You could push yourself at different angles, but in this case, it would be like when my feet are elevated, I'd probably be getting a bit more into my upper chest. If I'm flat, it's going to go a bit more into my lower chest, and then dips is or sorry, um, mid chest, and then something like dips, as opposed to like elevating the hands, is going to put you in more of that decline position for your chest. So those would be the one, the main things that I'd be looking at in terms of how we're selecting those exercises we mainly want to go develop everything through across the middle. And then when we need to filling in some of those upper or lower fibers as needed, and that might just be, um, your general preference for aesthetics. So now something I want to call attention to are like some mistakes that people make while they're performing various exercises in general but let's just speak most specifically when training the pec and one of them is when they're doing bench press for example I'm just gonna talk bench press because most people know what that is we're taking a barbell we're putting it to our chest and then we're trying to push it away so it's not often with a bench press that this happens but what may happen is with like dumbbells or something like that like a dumbbell bench press is in order to get heavier they adjust the form to reduce the moment arm so their hands may have been further from the body before and as it gets heavier their hands might adjust to be a little bit more in or they end up leveraging the structure a little bit more by lifting those elbows a little closer to their ears okay so you see this what i would call elbow flare we want to watch for that Um, mainly because um, it's not actually allowing us to put greater attention on our pec and depending on the flare of the elbow the level of flare and the loads um, we're actually probably going to put ourselves at increasing risk for a pec tear Um, not guaranteeing that you'll tear your pecs if you do that Um, just if you're if you're doing that in combination with increasing the loads we want to be extremely careful so that's number one is adjusting the moment art in order to increase loads that's the first mistake now the other thing is moving the muscle in space and not adjusting the shape of the muscle so some people will um let's say they're doing flies um They're leaning forward, leaning backward, lifting their rib cage up. That's going to affect where the, where you're able to apply tension. If I'm moving forward as my hands are going forward, I'm not necessarily creating more tension on my pecs. So instead of, I want to keep, I want to keep my general area in space the same. And then as my arms go back I get more stretch because my rib cage hasn't moved and as my arms go forward I get more squeeze because my rib cage hasn't moved and I've got this point that's just moving from one space to another space. But if everything is moving you're not necessarily going to be able to create more tension on that muscle which would be problematic. Now That and not aligning the muscles properly. And then they're creating undue or unnecessary torque. So let's say I'm doing my bench press. Again, let's go bench press. If I undertuck my elbows, or and so my elbows are way too far up, like let's say towards my face and my palms are closer towards my sternum, that's rotating my hands inward, um, which is going to create unnecessary torque at my shoulder now if I overtuck where my elbows are way under the bar and my wrist is closer to my face now I'm going to create more torque at my elbow and depending on my degree of external rotation potentially my shoulder the main thing you want to do is making sure that we're stacked so that our wrist and our elbow are directly on top of each other now the the elbow to the shoulder's relationship doesn't necessarily need to be as in line as other exercises like a bicep curl or something like that but we're generally going to be looking for probably somewhere between 45 and 60 degrees of what is called abduction right so if i were to lift my arms up like i'm trying to air out my armpits as soon as i go up to like a 90 like when my shoulder my elbows are even with my shoulders that's probably too high. It's gonna limit how far I'm able to actually get into the stretch position. I'm gonna be limited. Now, as I come down, my shoulder blades can move better, pull back further. I'm gonna get more length on my pecs and get a better uh, press, right? And so I'm gonna be able to put more effective tension on my pecs throughout the entire range of the motion. Now, a couple more things is as we're performing an exercise, not so. Again, we talked earlier about how the shoulder blades, or the scaps, scapula, if they're if they're moving, um, and the arm is moving, this can be good. Now, if I have excesses, excess, excessive amounts of movement at my shoulder blade, at points in the movement when it's not necessary to have movement at my shoulder blades, we're gonna lose tension on our pecs. So if I am at the bottom of my bench press, the moment I go to press to use my pecs, I kind of shrug my shoulders a little bit, I'm I'm gonna lose the advantage of the pec, right? So I need to actually adhere my shoulder blades down and kind of use my lats a little bit because they're going to help to um, create um, some depression to help better leverage that pressing motion. So making sure that we're actually able to keep control of where our arm is in space as we're going through that motion. If we're like, our wrists are rotating in or out, our elbows, our shoulders, our scaps, we want, we want to watch for those to make sure that we're putting the pec in a position where it can create flexion, adduction, and internal rotation. Now, uh, the last thing that we see is, is like on on things like flies, we did talk about reaching forward to, to get into that last bit of that squeeze portion. Now, the thing is, is like some people will overreach and it's because they drop their sternum too far down. And then as they reach, they have this concave peck so it's essentially they've created this almost round bowl shape between their hands and their rib cage so that their upper back is round and they're reaching forward and just trying to get their hands together but now you kind of miss the target that is your peck because if my peck attaches onto my upper arm and when it's back it's stretched and as i reach forward there becomes a point in which it needs instead of going further forward just to come in but if I continue reaching forward, now that upper arm is reached further than my sternum. Well, now I'm I'm not able to get the pec into a fully shortened position. It's just in a different position. Um, so that would be the last thing that I would probably pay attention to is just making sure that you're not overreaching or overpressing. Now, in terms of if you're like looking to train up your serratus or your external obliques and your Practicing reach, reaching mo- motions, that's different than trying to perform a cable pec fly and overreaching. It's not like you're going to gain the benefits of reaching movements in the cable pec fly. You need to practice reaching and have a dedicated time for reaching if that is the case. As we get more into just general training, principles instead of just specific muscles we'll dive more into that but for now just pay attention to these things when we're thinking i want to grow my pecs i want my pecs stronger now in terms of frequency if you want a bigger bench press you should probably be bench pressing more frequently so we can practice the skill and that we can get and accumulate greater amounts of volume over time so you could be bench pressing three to four days a week and now it doesn't have to be specifically bench press but things that will help to bring up pressing so that can be a combination of your accessories like your flies um, things where you are dumbbell pressing uh, machine pressing and then barbell right because you might not even be at a point where it makes a whole lot of sense to do barbell if you can't really control your shoulders well so then we probably want to do things where we can work on that stability and then move to something like the barbell bench press again I don't think most people first day walking into the gym barbell bench press is going to be the best idea until we have a general understanding of where our scaps are in space where things need to be moving um, and just being able to generally control that Um, especially since these the barbell has a fixed load, whereas Dumbbells, cables, machines have more variable loads. Like you have to start with 45 pounds, no matter who you are with the barbell bench press, because that's what most gyms carry in terms of barbells. Now, when it comes to growing a bigger chest, the most important thing is that we're getting enough volume in our uh, weekly, across a weekly session, like split up in order to elicit growth, which is normally going to be... what is deemed minimum effective volume is 10 sets per muscle group per week. Now, going over 10 sets in a single workout has been shown in certain studies to be less than effective. So if you're exceeding 10 sets in a single workout, it might be best to actually split those up versus if you're doing, let's say, you know, force, like... Instead of doing ten sets in one workout, doing or yeah, let's say you're doing ten sets in one workout, you could do four three days a week. You could do six two days a week. So now you're at twelve, but the overall amount of volume in a single session is lower. So that would be a couple things that I would pay attention to there. That pretty much wraps the pecs up. Now, if you have questions, send me a message at stepheneddavisfitnessmethod.com. I'm happy to answer them in our Q&A podcast so that you can get the most effective training possible to help you reach your goals. If you like the episode, be sure to like the episode, share it with a friend, Um, write us a review. We're still trying to grow here, we want to be able to increase the value that we're We're getting the level of our speakers, um, increasing awareness of our podcast so that you guys can get greater value. So anything that you do that helps us to grow helps us to be able to expand our knowledge and skill set to help you guys out. So, and obviously, as you see, we're not running any ads or anything like that either. I'd like to keep it that way. So the better we can actually share the more we're going to grow together. So I really appreciate your time here. Hopefully this leaves you with a swole peck or just stronger, uh, whatever it is that you're going for. I appreciate you and I'll catch you guys on the next one.